We're back. The Pastor's Live. We're going to do it again. Yes. Well, Roger, we had thousands and thousands of people that said, we need to keep doing this podcast. Yes, yes. It's it's amazing. We we had people come out of the woodwork we didn't even know were watching, and I love both of them. It was just... No, no, no. There was three of them. Three? One was our sister. Right? <laughs> but isn't it great that our sisters are watching the podcast? I think that's just great. I yes, really do. We love you all. And our sister, too, as far as that goes. We are the Inglorious Pastors. What episode is this? I think I forgot to put an episode on it. I think it's episode five in of season, season four. So when is when is our one year anniversary? That's what I want to know. Did we start this in I January, no February? You're asking the wrong person. Really? I mean, I know your memory is bad, but you can't remember last year. <laughs> no. I can't either. This could be, there could be an anniversary involved right now at some let, level. Let, I think we can all agree that last year was at least a bit of an odd, there were a few things going on last year. I've heard a couple of things recently. Uh, dumpster fire. <laughs> That's a little, I was at the Alabama Association of Tax Administrators Winter Conference. And one of their vendors said, she just finished up her thing. Well, since last year was a total dumpster fire, we're offering this free this year. I'm like, dumpster fire last year, free product this year. So what are you offering free this year, Raj, for all of our listeners and viewers? Um, this is not going to help us, Bruce. View <laughs> listeners? Because I want people to listen to us just because of the quality content and not because they're getting some trinket Roger gives them. Well, one lady did say that we have a funny way of tackling deep topics and i thought that was probably the quintessential pastors <laughs> that's <laughs> a that's funny way what makes us the pastors covering deep topics so so we that, have fun that warmed my heart and we are going to continue in fact season five starts don't <laughs> <laughs> wait don't. let us just why are you so quick to jump to the next season? I think it's fun to have seasons. Well, part of my temperament, my personality type, is let's get to the next thing. Let's do a new thing. I can just tell by the end of this year, we're going to be at season 85. Oh, that would be great. Every season just has one episode. No, that's what... Three of them have none. You would love that. There's no episode. Have you, have you heard season, I mean, episode, no, right. season 16? Yeah, no one else has either. Because there's no episodes. Bruce figured out a way we could set the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest number of podcast seasons. We are the we are the longest running podcast in world history now. That's right. Yes, even though we think we started Season sometime last year. I don't know. I just think it's fun. Um, it is. So, is this a good time to talk about sponsorship? Um. It, it, you decide that. Well, we're running a special right now. <laughs> you and your specials. <laughs> Buy two, get one free. Okay. It's like Coke products, only not. All right. Buy so, two, get one free. We, we have not been getting single sponsorships, so your angle now is 
let's let's go out on a limb and start we, asking for, great about for that. two of them. If we get two sponsors, the third person that calls in, theirs is free. The first two people get nothing. Except for the sponsorship. Yes. Which is close to nothing. You get the bastards talking. I, I just think the quality that what people are getting just from taking in this amazing dialogue that we have once a week is reward itself. <laughs> that was bizarre. So, <clears throat> I did a little word study this week. This was out of the Beatitudes. And, of course, I've studied those many times. This is the Beatitudes as given in Matthew chapter 6. Okay. Five, it's 5 or 6. Well, right in that zone. Beatitudes, then some teachings of Jesus. Yes. Okay. Did you say Beatitudes? I think you just combined the whole Beatitudes, thing. Yes. Beatitudes, yes. Platitudes. That sounds like bad attitudes, but that these are good attitudes. Beautiful attitudes. That's precious. Beatitudes. Were you studying the word Beatitude? Call me Warren Wiersbe. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, Warren. Here's the thing. Ooh, I, like, um, I like calling you Warren. Isn't that fun? Warren's Warren. a great nervous. It is, isn't it? right? Warren. Warren. Let's just turn it into one syllable. Word. Name is Word. Word. Okay. Right. Well, actually, in the south of Warren, it would become a Word. Word Carter. <laughs> so. Where in the world you been? Yeah, that's good. Word, word, in the world you been. Word, word, you all. So. Ah. Uh, mm. The. Yes. Yeah, so I love the, the Jesus said, "Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth." And so I looked that up, you know, because meek is such an interesting term. And I know that our dad used to preach on that. You remember what he titled that talk? Meekness is not weakness. That's right. Because typically when we think of meek, we think of a person who's just weak or always deferring to others, doesn't really say what they want to say. They're just very meek. Timid, shy, 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 timid. timid, and those things. Uh, yeah, soft. You almost think of someone who's... Soft spoken, yes. Very me. Oh, I'll yeah. just whatever you guys yeah. want to do. I think we'll just do whatever. Wilbur Milk Test. Wasn't it Warren Milk Test? <laughs> it might have been Warren Milk Test. Warren. Do you ever think of a war horse? I never think of a war horse. <laughs> well, neither do I. But think about a war horse, the stallion that's been trained to literally run into the fray, run into battle, unafraid. <laughs> There's strength, there's power, but that power is under the control of the rider of the horse, the master of the horse in that sense. So the word that Jesus uses there, this Greek word, preus, is the word that they use in that culture for when they have trained a war horse. The horse has been preused. It was also known as meeking the horse. So now you have this war horse that has all of its power, all of its strength, but it's harnessed and used for the benefit of the master. So this idea, it was just an interesting study, this idea that blessed are the preus, war horses, for they will inherit the earth. In other words, it's, it's strength, it is power that has been harnessed for good, and I think in this application, for the good of God and his kingdom. So what, it, it, in everyday life, what is meekness? I'm going to put you on the spot for like an example of, of what meekness might look like. <coughs> In a marriage, in a in a work setting, I don't know what. Are you, well, if I'm just what does meekness look like? So how am I going to use power? So in my mind, it's the idea of using power that I have. I have power, 
So meekness might be using the power I have to advantage someone else. So when you look at Moses being the meekest man in the, in the Old Testament, known as that, he was a powerful man leading millions of people. That, now, did, the, did God say that about him? Was that, or, said, or, or did was, people say that about him? I think that was the Bible. Okay. What I mean, I mean okay. But people wrote the Bible, so <laughs> both are true. I just wonder if it was one of the things where, you know, sometimes God directly speaks and oh. says, like, oh, this is a man after my own heart. It was just that thought of... I think this is one, I'll look it up, but I think this is one that the Bible says that he was known as the meekest man. Okay. Now, what's important about that is so he's, he's leading millions of people, has tremendous power. He's the leader of a nation. So think president, think emperor, think ruler. And interestingly enough, uh, at the end of his life, he said you know, to all of the people of Israel, because the new person was coming in, which we know to be Joshua, he said, but I haven't taken even as much as a mule from you. In other words, he wasn't asking them to pay tribute to him. He wasn't. Think of all the things that he could have done as the emperor of the nation of Israel. Yes. But he wasn't a king. You know, He was their leader. But he didn't take on this role of king. So he was meek. Jesus has this, think about it, he has all of the power of God you know, in the Holy Spirit. Right. When he uses that power, it's to heal, it's to bless, it's to um, raise the dead. But he didn't use it when he was clearing the temple. Can you imagine if Jesus just thought <laughs> tables are exploding and... He was using supernatural power, but he did overturn tables, okay. which was a symbol of authority because they, the, the leaders came back and said, by what authority? They recognized this as authority. So the other thing was this idea of strength under authority, power under authority. Jesus comes to the end. This is how Jesus works out. Then I'll come back to marriage. Jesus comes to the end of his time, tells his disciples, Scripture says that all authority, knowing that all authority had been given to him. Right. He takes off his outer garment, literally again takes on the form, the physical form of a servant, gets on his hands and knees and washes the disciples' feet. This is meekness. It is incredible strength. It's, it's authority and power, but it's harnessed. And, and it's harnessed for the benefit and the blessing of others. It sounds like a, a close cousin to humility mm -hmm. that... Yes. Okay. Well, and here's the thing. What I love about it, and then I'll come back to even married life, but this the reality of it says we'll inherit the earth. In our day, people that have authority and power take. They take the earth. In other words, they're taking the spoils of, of the earth. When Jesus talks about we'll inherit the earth, it's like, That's okay. That's isn't that interesting? The yes. difference of you're, you're receiving okay. something. So for now, we wait. And then we receive. We, we use power that has been harnessed now to benefit and bless others. We're meek, but we'll inherit later. Think about that. But the powerful, the forceful, Jesus even talked about the power, the forceful, they're not waiting. They're taking it now. And yeah. Okay. It, it, so I just thought of, I started thinking about the implications of how we think that, how we understand political power. Power, yes. And, and is that going to change the earth? Um, how we think about military power. And is that going to change the earth? How much? How many? How many wars have been fought literally to take land, to take the earth, so or, this, a, or a portion of the earth? So this idea that I have power, but I'm not using it to serve myself. I'm I'm using my power in a way that serves others. So where God gives me power, or maybe where God gives me privilege, um, and I have some advantages. Yes. The human bent is just always, well, of course, you'll take 
whatever advantage you have. take. Think about that. And you yes, and that use word. it for yourself. For use yourself. it for your benefit. We, In fact, we would simply say, well, of course. That's normal. I think this is even some of the thought even behind, even I idea around capitalism. Mm-hmm. You have this ability, you have these resources, and you have a desire for gain, and that's good, and... But then you get the spoils of your labor. You get the, it's your, so it's taking, so meekness is the advantages or strengths or position I have, which are just naturally, we just say, well, I use that to advantage myself. I'm using that to advantage others. Right. Um, Meekness. So it was just an interesting take on, instead of taking things now and gaining for ourselves now, we're waiting, we're being meek, we're using our power, it's harnessed power, for the advantage, the benefit, and the blessing of others, but we are waiting for something. And this is where next is always part of my, I always think about writing some kind of book called Your Best Life Later, being, we're not looking to live our best life now in terms of gaining, yes, having. Having the best cars, the best vacations, the best houses, the best whatever. We're we're in this process of giving now. We're giving now. We're mm-hmm. giving now. But later we'll receive. I, I even thought about the last chapter, the last maybe two verses of the book of Daniel. Uh, he says, but for now, Daniel, go on your way. He said, uh, and you will rest, and then you will rise, and then you will receive your inheritance. So even when Jesus spoke those words, the meek will inherit the earth. They had a different understanding. I think it was just a, it was a, I think they had a more clear sense of we wait for something and we inherit it. I don't know how, there's a little bit of that in our culture. I mean, in in terms of, like, we're not waiting on mom and dad's inheritance right now. But I think in a lot of other cultures, there there was a significant inheritance later that they were pursuing. Yeah. Anyway, that was, I was like, so we're not gaining now, we're not getting now. We're waiting, and we're giving up our advantage now so that we receive, inherit, later. So maybe another dimension, then, of meekness is people who have a healthy understanding of, of the world at, as it is now and, and where, where it's moving, where God is taking this. It's someone who has a healthy understanding um, can see this world in perspective. Because I think this, because I think the thought is, if if this time is all there is, oh, I'm going to grab. You gain all you no, get. I, right. This is because this is this is the last hurrah. This is this is all. <clears throat> but the meek person, as you're <clears throat> describing, it, is this person who I'm not living for now. I mean, this isn't all there is. Um, and I, right now I'm looking for ways. This is, this is that I'm looking for ways to bless others. So I think about it in the workplace. Let's say you're in a workplace and you and your co-work have been working in this environment and there's a promotion that's coming or there's one position that's coming up that either one of you would be qualified for and, and they're coming to you, hey, Bruce, we're looking at you to, to take this new role that's going to have more opportunities and there's going to be more salary associated with it. And you said, hey, wait, wait, I really would like you to look at Roger for this. I think Roger would be fantastic. You're taking power that you have. In other words, they're saying, hey, we want to open this job up to you. This is advantage to you. And you're saying, hey, I would rather you look at this person. Let's think about how counter-cultural, counter-intuitive that is. Yeah. Because typically I'd go, yeah, I think, absolutely, I want the raise and I want everything that comes with it. Sucks to be Roger. Sorry about him. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I don't know if uh, it just reminds me of a story I heard from a friend of ours um, <coughs> um, who grew up in under communism. Was it Croatia? Um, and she talked about growing up in her household. And so her parents had become Christians before she was born, but they're living in communist country. And there was, and Christians were sort of laughed at. Christians were, uh, so she even talked about, you know, recounting the part of the mantra, even going to school and yeah. so on, as you were taught. There was no God. Uh, religion was for weak people. Weak people. Um, it was a crutch. She said there was a stigma and stereotype that Christians were dumb. In fact, she, she recalled a time talking to a, a teacher um, who was saying, I don't understand. I told you, you and your sister are so bright and so, but you are these Christians. Right. <clears throat> but she talked about her dad, and her dad worked for a company for years and years and years. And <clears throat> he never got a promotion. He could have gotten a promotion, but he would have to become a member of the Communist Party. And becoming uh -huh. a member of the Communist Party is he would have to renounce everything that goes with it is faith so he said i just can't do that so his pay hmm. never changed now they loved his work and what she said was intriguing and maybe this is just a a, a glimpse into uh, a reality god talks about but at his work they knew he was an outstanding worker they were almost begging him to get the the raise but he wouldn't take the promotion because he wasn't going to, so he would just be at this bottom rung. But they gave him the authority. Anyway, they would have these, they would go to these site things, yeah. whatever, and they would take him as if he had that role. But he didn't have any... He He's could, not clamoring for power. What? It's harnessed strength. It's, it's, it's a strength with the boundary, and it's a, it's a boundary that he determined. Yes. I could take that, I could do that, I could do everything, and I could gain that... No, no, I'm not going to. He wasn't interested in the position, right. and he wasn't interested in the pay because something else was driving him. And it was seeing the world as it really is, seeing power as it is, seeing... Yeah. But what was funny is he was deeply respected. Yeah. He was respected as a worker. Sure. In her words, they knew he wasn't going to get drunk and be worthless on the job. He was going to show up, so he was there every time. They knew what kind of worker he was. And here, to me, it just seems he is living out meekness. Yep. The position's not important. The pay scale's not important. But she talked about seeing her dad always just, always making the minimum amount of money. But he was living in a different world. He was living for a different... All right. So, yes, that's exactly meekness. And uh, I'm going to get back to marriage, I promise, because <laughs> that's important. But it, it, that's what Jesus said. All right. He said, he said, if you're invited to a banquet or a dinner... Let's say you're invited to the Academy Awards. He said, don't take the don't take the spot at the head of the table, but instead take a lower position. Then someone can ask you. You'll re you can receive something. Isn't it interesting? The person who wants that position of power, or at least the look at the trappings of power and authority, is going to take this. He said, even the religious leaders of your day, they like the best seats. He said, but don't take, don't take uh, the that, seats. That's a yeah. Come sit in a, sit over here and let someone give you that space. Yeah, I, I, that's a, and for me, Bruce, as you're talking, that's a helpful way of, even if I'm uh, assessing whether meekness is taking or what that, it's, 
I'm thinking about that word take. Where right. the, where are the places where yep. I'm where I'm taking? Because there's this wordy you know, note, Jesus. Everybody take a seat. <clears throat> I'd rather not. <laughs> Can you imagine if everyone just left the building carrying a seat? <laughs> no, bring it back. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. thinking about that word about Jesus though. Um who didn't think equality with God something to be grasped. Meekness. Something to be... He wasn't clamoring for that. Um, wasn't seizing that, hanging on to that. You got the idea of a clenched <laughs> fist. Right. That, that being seen a certain way, a certain image, a certain position, a certain title, um, he could simply live out of who he was, <laughs> which was Lord of all, but it wasn't that he had to be forcing that on everyone and that he's... Which is why the temptation, the third temptation of, of Satan to Jesus really carried no weight. <laughs> I will give you all the kingdoms of this world if you worship me. And he's like, but I have that. <laughs> in other words, if we understood our position in God's kingdom, we wouldn't be clamoring for all these other things that, that Satan offers. I mean, what did Paul say? We have everything. Yeah. You know, but we possess nothing. This, yeah. this. So back to the, the, even to marriage stuff. So I was, I did a marriage retreat with Marlena last weekend. How Deer, did that go? Very good. Deer Run Retreat Center. It's just a fabulous place. Uh, and they're doing another one in March that we're going to be back for. March 19 through 21. So you look up Deer Run Camp and Retreat Center online. It's in Franklin, Tennessee. So it's like an overnight kind of thing? Yeah. So they okay. come in on Friday at noon. Well, they come in Friday night and there's a dinner and then we have a session and it finishes up by noon on Sunday. But it really... On I mean, Sunday, so it's two nights. Okay. Yeah, so it was fabulous. They've got really nice accommodations there. They've got a five-star chef that does all the meals for you. It's very, very good. Okay. But we do a lot of talking about uh, communication, conflict resolution. And uh, meekness. And meekness. Meekness in marriage. Was was that one of your titles? No, but here's how it plays out. So when it talks about meeting emotional needs and appreciating the differences, I remember you and Joy really liked that session 10 years ago. <laughs> Because Roger and Joy are very different, and I really changed their marriage with that one talk. You know, you just opened our eyes to the reality that we had. Why you have so much dang conflict? Literally nothing in common. Well, we're we're filling out this. He has us fill out this 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 thing, <laughs> or where we have differences, and we have this dawning moment. We're, we're not we're, alike on anything. We're not alike on anything. Anything except. We both love Jesus and our kids, but beyond that... Which frees you to be meek. So, other words that are used to describe meekness. One is uh, deference. So, I'm deferring to another person. I have the power to make this decision. I have the power to affect this decision, to do this thing I want to do. But I'm going to defer to my spouse okay, based on their needs. And, of course, that's scripture. Don't look after your own needs only, but look after the interests of your spouse. I always say spouse at marriage retreats because I try to insert that person in there. So deference, it's choosing, hey, I might do it this way, but we're going to defer and do it this way for Marlena's sake. This helps me a lot in driving. When Marlena's in the car with me, I try to be meek in terms of I'm going to live in deference to Marlena. Can we go to a different example? Yes, we can. I don't think I'm meek in that area, and... Well, I don't like that example. That's why I brought it up this morning. Meekness does not have to do with driving. Everything he said is totally ridiculous. Okay. So, another so deference in marriage where I choose to do it my spouse's way or I choose to do something for them, not because it's important to me, but because they're important to me. But I want to talk to husbands for a minute because I think this is huge. 
because husbands often have a lot of power in the relationship. I, I, I do think, I may be wrong, but I do think our culture is more man-friendly in terms of power than it is for women. Uh, even in terms of job positions, glass ceilings, salary, right? Whatever shifts have been making, or we've been making, making. You can't escape. I mean, even the reality that a few decades ago women couldn't even vote. It's, so to say that that there's not been a heavy a base that heavily weights power towards men in our culture, yes, so, very true. So another aspect of meekness is gentleness so think about right. this horse it's a war horse that has been trained so it's powerful it's unafraid it's going to run into battle but it'll also allow a child to pet it okay it's been trained it's it's gentle and this is the thing i think for husbands i think if, if i could teach husbands help husbands understand one thing your gentleness what, what does scripture say let your gentleness be evident to all let it be evident to your wife because this is where i think sometimes a lot of men <laughs> There's aggression or there's intimidation, or in my case, there was a lot of anger, which does not express itself as gentleness. Anger, in one <laughs> sense, expressions of anger, in one sense, are the opposite of meekness. I'm going to use anger to get something that I want now or to shut you down or to basically get what I want in that moment. Mm -hmm. And meekness, gentleness, oh, those go back to back in the fruits of the Spirit, don't they? Meekness and gentleness. I think they do. I'll have to go look that up too. I need to do. I have to expand this word study. A fruit of the spirit. Okay, I hadn't even I mean, thought about that. But yes, that, that's one of the fruits of the spirit. All that to it say, is. yeah. For husbands, if if you will be a gentle man, you will be amazed at how your wife responds to you. Yeah. You know, and and I, I'll touch then. It brings to my mind a term that's kind of controversial when it comes to marriage. When this idea of a husband being ahead in and his wife being in submission right what is that what all what does that mean but whatever because at some level it seems there's a certain kind of <coughs> leadership role that god has given a man in a marriage whatever that means it's not ever about power. Well, yeah, submission is not subjection. Right. And way too many churches and denominations have basically taught submission for the wife as a as a component of or the idea of subjection. Because right. remember, <laughs> Ephesians five twenty one begins right. this whole marriage talk by saying submit to one another. Yes. Out of reverence for Christ, right. I want you both to submit. So when I think about head, this Greek word kephale, that means head, that which it literally means that which protrudes. It's the idea of that which is most responsible. Right. So I have a certain responsibility in my right. marriage with, with Marlena. Right. But it's not that that responsibility makes me greater. Right. It's not a superior, inferior thing. It's, I think there's a certain responsibility that husbands have. And part of that is, and I tell people all the time, if you go to, if you read all the way through verse 33, it says that the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, listen, and gave himself up for her. That sounds very submissive. Yeah. Gave himself up for her. Gave, present, up. Gave, to, up. gave up. Gave Which up. Which is the opposite of take. Which is the opposite of take. Gave and take. To present for himself a radiant bride without yeah. spot or blemish. It's just this beautiful thing. And I always tell husbands when I share it this weekend, your job, this is what it looks like for you to submit to your wife. Your job is to create the best possible environment for your wife to thrive. Now think about that. 
we grew up in a culture, I, I feel like they were saying the woman was there to help the man. Right. She's supposed to create the best possible environment for me to thrive. But yet, as I read scripture, what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't make me thrive. He doesn't make me obey. But Jesus creates the best possible environment for me to flourish, yeah. for me to thrive. But he doesn't force me to obey him. You know, it's that that's where I think we get lost on, on what submission is. So the woman submits to her husband, I believe, through respecting him. And and choosing <laughs> choosing to respect, I always tell the ladies, choosing to respect your husband as unto the Lord. In other words, even though Roger on his best day isn't going to make Jesus status, Joy can choose to give him respect mm. as if Jesus lived with her. And I've always told the ladies, I said, I think your job is a little harder. The man is to love the wife, whether she's lovable or not. But the, I believe the husband is to, res I mean, the wife is to respect her husband, whether he's respectable or not extend respect to mm -hmm. him and that's a tough that's a tough thing all that to say headship is not superiority well even as you're saying it, it almost lead servant lead submitter Ooh, uh, <clears throat> i like that even better it's it's the lead idea submitter i'm submitting first i'm going to lay down my life for you to create beautiful bride yeah i wondered if 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 it's not god saying um i'm going to talk to you first about how you're submitting. I'm going to talk, uh, how you're modeling my way. You are responsible, uh, accountable to lead serving, to lead, to show the way with that, that that is, that you're leading the way with giving your life. Even, even in the way, if you're saying yes, someone at the head of the army is the most vulnerable as well. In other words, if they're, they're going out. Oh Yeah. The, the, the arrows that, can hit that them. which protrudes right right so you're there's greater responsibility but right. there's also greater risk in that right sense. that you're actually the the role is not called you're not called to greater control the the head, headship is not right. this is where yeah and this is where that take mentality this broken part of us takes even something like headship where we've just not well that that's about more power more control uh, th this is the one who's supposed to be making the calls in the relationship it's always struck me that's interesting it's always struck me that the relationship between the spirit son and father and what i've always loved is um jesus can just happily submit to the father the, yeah but the, the father, father has headship but then the father will say there's not anything i haven't put there's not anything i haven't put under i'm giving you all authority and and right there, Everything in heaven and earth is under your there's authority. There's no concern in the triune God about who's getting the... And the Spirit's not over there going, well, what about me? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm in the background. People, But Jesus, it says, someone, when I go, there's going to be a counselor who comes who's going to... There's It's every time you turn around, Father, Son, and Spirit, they're shining the spotlight on the other. There, yeah. It's... He, because there's abs there's full there's total meekness and, and it's um, and it's almost like Roger even when I thought about it, you said with when Jesus says I'm gonna leave but it's almost like he said something better's coming yes because he said the spirit's coming you're gonna love you're, you're gonna, gonna lo you're gonna love right, you're gonna love him you're gonna love the spirit right it's great he said because he he said like if I don't go you'll you won't be able to get the the spirit of God won't come so you're gonna right. it's almost like this constant deference constant deference right in be the in the in the triune God there's not um, there's just zero concern 
about credit. There's zero concern about who's getting the glory. There's zero. And I think this, it seems to me, then where meekness is coming, I'm just not grasping. Yeah. I'm not ever. If a husband ever has to say, I'm the head of this household, there could be a problem. Or even where I feel like, yeah, I'm not getting my due. I'm not getting the respect I ought to be getting. I'm not getting um, that. I'm just not focused on my advantage. I'm not focused on my position. Those. Yeah, back to your word. Yeah, I'm not taking. Where where do I just find myself in any relationship, in any community I'm a part of? Where do I find myself? Oh, I'm moving into the posture of taking, grasping. You're waiting, and you're waiting for this. You're you're waiting for this greater reward. I mean, I think about even Jesus. So in that passage, the famous passage that you quoted. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, becoming a slave, and literally died. And then there's a big therefore in the middle of that passage. He says, therefore. So this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead now. The writers are writing this after. Therefore, God has given him a name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth. In other words, all authority is entirely his. He inherited that. He didn't grasp it. He could have. Think about it. Yeah, he good. had all that glory. It was coming. Left all that, waited, received it. That it comes in the in the waiting. When you, again, it's understanding the world as it really is. He, he understood who he was. Right. So he didn't have to, even where we understand who we are, who we are in God. Um, I understand I'm loved. I understand I have meaning. I have significance. And so I don't have to grasp for it. Right. I don't have to have. Bruce, prove it to me. I don't have to have Bruce deferring to me. I don't have to have people giving me my rightful place. I understand who I am. Good. We're going to start season five next week. <laughs> Followed by season <laughs> 81. 81. There's, oh, and the ones that are in between we'll call the missing seasons. Because people want those. Those will become like real super valuable. How quickly can we get to a million? <laughs> there I am taking again. On our on our anchor website where we where I do the podcast, yeah. kind of set that up. You can kind of select which season it is, and so there's a little arrow it just goes up six, seven, eight, nine. I wonder how how high that goes. Really? Yeah. No. So you can actually. So you can. So you. Well, let's go to the top one. And you push put. It. <laughs> I could check and see how high that'll go. Because if someone pings the top number, the anchor's going to go. Whoa! We've got to we got to go higher with this. <laughs> Hey, let's, let's celebrate the glorious pastors. They just finished their 999,000th episode. They'll be the first podcast to one million seasons. All right. No, yes. I don't. That doesn't sound very meek. All that no, says. We, we could be a little grasping there. Yeah, we are grasping there. We I, want to be the best podcast ever. No, we don't. That's not. That's not why we're here, Roger. By the way, I wonder what is the most watched. I just had this. I wonder what is the most. I'm going to look that up. What's the most I guarantee followed you. podcast? Okay, we are the, well, there's always classifications and genres. and Sure. So in our segment of retired pastors over 56 in Huntsville, we are the most 
listen to podcast. Wow. Yep. Wow. Pretty sure. Yeah. That's yes. We are the meek ones. <laughs> well, you always need to give people an idea of what meekness doesn't look like. <laughs> uh, arrogance. So um, wait, 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 wait. Intimidation. So bullying is trying to get people to promote us. Trying to get sponsors is that grasping? Is that taking? Look at the time, Raj. I think I think it's about time to wrap this baby up. I don't know. That's a let's see. Let me think about that. What so, are we wanting with that? What is what is sponsorship really about? We want we want to help other people's real estate businesses grow. Because it's not like we're starving. It's not like, and to be honest, it's not like. If someone doesn't sponsor us, we're stopping. So, so you're saying kill the whole sponsor thing? Well, I'm saying, yeah. Why are we? What is the? Okay, forget we said anything. All no right. sponsor. No. You know, we decided this time we're going to stop monetizing this thing, and <laughs> we're going to stop monetizing it. That's great. <laughs> like we've been monetizing it all along. That's good. Well, that's a great decision, Rod. We'll let you make that one just across the board for the bastards. No need to check with me. I happily defer to you. I let you make all the season decisions. I'm going to start making the monetization. <laughs> the monetization decisions. You know what? We're not in this for the money. We're not in it for the acclaim. So who cares how many people are listening or watching? Well, I hope someone does. I thought this was a pretty good word study today, the whole thing of meekness. Now I've got to go further. Bruce and his word studies. I love word studies. Yeah, I'm that guy that I'll be reading these passages, and I'm like, yeah, but what is, because I'm always wondering, what did that person in the first century hear? I mean, we can read it and interpret it and all that, and I'm like, but what did they hear? No, and what, that, what did it elicit in their mind? No, it, no, that really is a very important, and actually, it's at the heart of so many times when we under, misunderstand a thing, we're... We are reading, let's say, something Jesus said 2,000 years ago. There may be a few things about their culture that are different than ours, how a term was used. Oh, and we're translating from the Greek. Right. So and sometimes there's no word. There's this no perfect the word. There's no word. There's no word for that concept or that idea. So, I, no, I think that's a – so, yes, I, I'm for word studies. Uh, and today's actually was pretty fascinating because I, I, I think – when I think about meekness – for instance, I've never had anyone who came to me as a pastor and said, I, I just, I'm, my meekness is just like, I'm, it's terrible. And so no one's ever, I don't think meekness, <laughs> I don't think meekness is something we think about. But it, what, what's highlighting it here is, no, meekness, I had never thought, it is, a, it is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit, it's not valued in culture. Oh, here's the other thing. No, no. one's ever come to me as a pastor and say, gosh, yeah. you're so meek, Bruce. I just so appreciate about that, right. your meekness. Even as I say it, I'm like, no one's ever going to say that. No. I don't think the disciples appreciated about Jesus. I think they wanted him to dial it up several times. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Jesus, I mean, you got all the authority in the world here. <laughs> no, your meekness is let's, killing us. <laughs> right. Let's call down fire from heaven. Yep. Nope. I didn't come to use a power and authority like that for that reason. Right. I came to say, I came to use my power and authority <laughs> to save the world. Right. Not to condemn it. So he stayed perfectly in meekness. The fa fascinating thing about Moses is there are a couple times he broke out in an angry moment, 
and sort of, I'm going to just make something happen. I'm going to show these people. And it's this moment, you realize how controlled he was for years. And, you, and mo yeah. moment after moment, he would have, but he had a couple moments where he steps out. Jesus never steps out. No, that's a good There's word. not any point where he ever, he just stays in that, um, so knows who he is, doesn't have to control everything. So I wonder if there was something to the overturning of the tables that that even the religious leaders was an issue of authority, but they didn't see it as um, a violent act of rage. They're saying, by what authority did you do this? In other words, Jesus seemed to be doing something that 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 demanded authority to do that. Right. I wonder if that even was like policing authority. There, there are certain people who have authority to shut this thing down. You're not one of them. By what authority are you doing this? Well, but one of the things about Jesus, I think, that was so disorienting for people. Remember that the, the Bible says he spoke as one with authority and not as the teachers of the law. Right. In other words. It's this perfect, he was simply walking out of who he was. He could overturn the tables because he, he had the authority to do that. That, that was, it actually was his house. He had the authority to do that. And even where, because it's, it's rare, but even when he speaks some of the, the really hard words, this one time where he talks about you scribes and Pharisees, that actually you're hypocrites. You're cleaning up the outside and you're whitewashed tombstones is what the, of crypts you're and in these this one moment where he's he's not speaking in his anger he's speaking out of his authority and it's actually an authority i believe in that moment this is your last chance i've oh, i've yeah. spoken i've spoken all these words whatever but it seems like when you have set your heart against but again jesus yeah. the one with authority he knows that he can speak with that he has it's why we don't have the authority to go off on people like Jesus did, because we aren't him. We, we, don't, we don't have the same authority. Well, and we don't. We can't see into their hearts. We can't see where they are. But you have Jesus, even in that moment. It's not about powering up. It's not about you guys aren't treating me like I ought to be treated. Ironically, at points he repeatedly he would go, "You're not honoring God as he ought to be." You aren't honoring the Father as he ought to be honored. You're not... Interesting enough, I'm on a whole thing now, even about authority, because at the end, so Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. So his last instructions, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. He makes it clear again who yes. has the authority. He knows. But he says, now you go. Yeah. You're right. And I'm going to go with We you. don't have the same authority, but we do have his authority. In other yes. words, we're going under his authority. Under his authority. But I don't have the same... <laughs> that's very interesting. Even when they would, on their mission trips, cast out demons or, or heal the sick... Scripture says they gave them authority, and they right. came back going, "Hey, we've had we we have authority to do this." And of course, Jesus then points to, "Don't get all fired up about that. Be be fired up that you're inheriting something." But he says, yeah. "Don't be don't be excited that, that that demons submit to you, but yet your names are written in the in the book of life. You're in, you're you have yeah. an inheritance that's that's waiting." So when you understand again, the meek understand the world as it really is. They understand who they are. They understand That's good. who God is, and they understand where they fit with God. So even when we go out, it's not me ever condemning people. No. I, I'm speaking the words of the Father. I don't have that And if authority. I ever give a strong word, listen, I'm just quoting Jesus here. 
I don't have the authority to make a verdict on you, but I can I can speak his verdict. I can I can pass yes. on. I'm I'm always just passing on. I'm not the final authority. I'm, I'm not the judge of the living and the dead. No, I'm I'm not called to make a verdict, um, but I am called to relay a message. Yes, on behalf of the one who does have the authority. Follow me as I follow right. Christ, but don't just follow me. Yes, because I'm a mess. Yes, because I'm a mess, and this is why leaders. Right, a, and, meek, and, and, a meek leader is someone who understands true authority. And, when you understand true authority, it's not something I have to take. No, I don't have to take power. I don't have to try and control you. I don't have to make a final verdict about you because I understand my place in the system. I understand my place in the relationship. I'm under Christ. He's the authority. Whatever he gives to me, I'm called to use as a steward. Anything he gives me is never for me to advance myself because I'm resting in who I am. I know who he is. And I'm living out of that with a not... I don't have to take. No. I don't have to grasp. I don't have to make sure I'm being... Not only that, but, but but what I have, I'm not taking more, but what I already have, I'm using for the benefit of others. I'm giving away. Right. That's Think about but, that. That's a whole different man. way of living life. Even when it, when it relates to maybe a non-believing world, hey, my job is not to pronounce judgment. It's to relay a message. Yeah. There's someone who loves you deeply, yeah. who's provided a way through his meekness, has provided a way... Yeah. For you to come into relationship with his father, that's the message. Yeah. And I think I think for too too long, I'm gonna use the word Christians have have sort of put on the, the judge's robe and, and it yes. it almost feels like they're the, the 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 judge of the living and the dead and they're like, Well, this person's in and this person's out. I'm like, no, Hey, that's we, not for yeah. me to say. I wanna give the message to everybody. And I have vested authority, power I have harnessed power to share that with the world. But I understand but whose I understand authority who is. I'm not. <laughs> right. He, he, so, even that fascinating thing was that the Roman centurion who said to Jesus, oh, I was thinking the same thing. I understand authority. I, I get how authority works. Yeah, you're the one. Until the guy go here, he goes. Right. And so, he understood. And this is why I just may have said, I haven't seen faith. Is here was somebody who actually, in that moment, humanly speaking, would have been seen as the greatest power in that moment. He was, he was the spokesman for Rome. He was a Roman centurion. Certainly was the most powerful per person in the room. And I mean, he, he recognizes Jesus is the greater authority. True, true authority. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, greater that, authority. Yeah. Good. This, I like your word study. Yes. It got better and better as we went along. So. Whoever um, thinks about meekness. Yeah, that's. Well, it's, it's not something we even. No. It's not something I ever taught my son, Zach. Not in so many words. No, I realize I. When, even when I talk about the fruits of the spirit. I've talked about all kinds of others, but yeah, I don't. I don't even think through a meekness grid. Maybe it's Roger, this is good ma for me. Yeah, maybe it's because that has <laughs> such a negative cast in our culture. Yeah, meekness does seem like shy, Warren Milktoast, uh, retreating, afraid, maybe even afraid. Well, Bruce, as you as we've defined, as God defines meekness, it should be threatening, because we're in a world that says grasp, take. You gotta have power. It's yours. If it's gonna get done. It's if, gonna take power. Uh, no one's gonna do it for you. <laughs> if you're gonna, nobody's gonna care about you as much. So you've gotta. So you're right. That is not a message. Meekness is not properly understood. I mean, we might have misunderstood it in yeah. places as weakness, or whatever. But properly understood, it is countercultural. No, that 
that may be one reason why I haven't gravitated toward it. I didn't want to know what meekness meant. Well, I'm glad I could introduce you to deeper... No, this has been... Life. Good for me. Yes, thank you. I'm so mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Look until, at the time. Until episode six, which will be the next episode, this is Bruce Martin and Roger, his lesser brother, the meeker of the bastards, but not the weaker. Yes. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, Batman. Don't you remember this? Da, da, da.